This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. That is right. It lets you know. An awesome, awesome beginning. It lets you know it's time for Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ, of course. The interactive video show where you can be a part of the show. Each week when we record the show, I send you a link to the StreamYard session. You can join us. You can be in the private chat. You can be on audio. You can be on video. You can chill with us, ask questions, participate, whatever it is you want to do up to certain limits. We haven't reached those limits yet. We'll find out together exactly what those limits are And uh, with the show. Smoke out less than a dollar a week. Check it out on channelattitude.com, exclusively on channelattitude.com. I am Stoner Jesus. She is Shelly Martinez. We do various things. You can go check us out, ShellySJSmokeOut.com. Links to our websites, our Twitter, the Instagram for the show, all that stuff. Go check it out. Scrolling along the bottom if you want to do so. Uh, Shelly, have you <laughs> you've taken care of your, your animal problem there? I guess not. Uh, hold on a second. Classic way to open the show. Hold on. It's a train wreck. Right from the beginning, but that's fine. We have a guest tonight, an awesome guest, Kevin Goatee. He is waiting in the wings, the virtual green room, green room, if you will. Get it, green room? Of course you do. You're smart people. You know what's up. This is the smoke out. I broke out the special Trailer Park Boys bong for the special occasion tonight. It's like formal wear, if you will. In the Let's see room. that again. Let's see it up close. That's nice. It's um, nice. silicone. So I could throw it off of a building and it'd be fine. I used to have a silicone um, bong for a long time and I loved it because of that fact of you never have to worry about it breaking. Like the worst thing, I don't know. Have you ever had this happen? Even if you're like not mad or anything, you just kind of put it down hard and it goes, Boop, and then all of a sudden the water goes, Boop, and there goes your bong. Especially I've, I've broken so many bowls just by not even being like angry, just setting them down, but they're so hot. The grass glass breaks when it's hot. It's just physics or whatever that is. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> You're not? I thought you were. <laughs> we make more money doing something else probably and screwing people over in some fashion. I don't know. So scientists do these days. In any case, before we have Kevin on, I do want to mention, because it's been an ongoing saga for the last few weeks on the show, the water pipe winner, he just doesn't care. He's not gone back to me. He's not listened to the shows and said, hey, I won that. I should do something about it and write them back. No. He does not give a shit. So his loss is Shelly's gain. Nextbardo.com, the awesome people who put up the water pipe. They're going to send the pipe to Shelly, and Shelly's going to make content with it. Um, and it, like I said, it's this guy's loss. I don't know what – we're trying to get away free shit. I don't know what to do. We're trying to give you stuff, send it to you. I, I can't be any more forceful in trying to force this free stuff onto you, so I'm going to quit trying. You know what? Sometimes that's the best thing to do is just call it a day and be, move on. We tried it. I don't know. Nobody wants time kind of to Shelly. No one wants 10 minutes to talk to Shelly. No one wants a water pipe. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. And that's fine, I guess. Um, and not that people who win things are obligated, but I was kind of bummed out that the winner of the first really cool bong that we gave away the guy never like, like he didn't have to be in the picture. It would have been kind of cool if he was like, yeah, I was the winner or whatever. And here's the thing about the person that won the chat with me and the uh, merchandise. There was a guy on Twitter 
And he said that he was the winner. And he's somebody that interacts with me on a kind of regular basis, I guess you'd say. And I didn't know if he was being sarcastic, like, oh, yeah, that's me, the winner. Like, just being, like, trying to be funny. Or if he really was. And if he really was that winner, he continually interacts with me on Twitter. So it's like... I think the next time he tweets me, I'm going to be like, did you really win? Because if not, why have you not? Like, why do you tweet me? But you like forfeited your winnings. If he didn't want it, we could have picked somebody else that would have wanted it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you know what? it was enough. I, I'm washed up. I'm a has-been. So it makes sense. Yes. This is, we're recording in real time the ends of our careers. Absolutely. On the show. Absolutely. Here's what it is. I'm glad you all could be here for it, for the crash and the burn. Thank you. Of our career. Enjoy. <laughs> see, we have other people on, so we can destroy their careers as well, which we're going to do tonight with one Kevin Goatee. He is a podcaster, a comedian, all that good shit. Uh, Gutting the Sacred Cow. We've both been on his show, the podcast. We'll talk about that, of course, including Shelly's very memorable first appearance on the show. No matter what I do, I'm upstaged by Shelly, even on the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, because I can never I can never hope to match what Shelly brings to the table when it comes to something like that. We'll talk about all that right now when I bring Kevin Goatee onto the show. Kevin, what's up, ma'am? Oh, hold on. Well, I got yep. it. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, kids. How are you? We're great. Except nobody loves us. Nobody wants to be with us or hang out with us, but you do, so... That's something. Yeah. yeah, you're you're my friends. You guys are awesome. Like you said, you've both been on the show a few times. And uh, you're both fantastic and fun people. So, yeah, let's hang out. Let's rage. Shelly taking pictures already. Look at her. She is quick on the uh, draw of those photos. I'm just Constantly. trying, man. <laughs> Shelly, see, that's what we bring to the table. Constantly doing things, constantly making content. And we, we languish, as I said, at the ends of our careers. And uh, maybe yours as well. Kevin, now that you'll never, uh, you'll never live this down. I, uh, I dare say we're both at the beginning of our careers. It's our second coming, if you will. So I'm a little bit more optimistic than the two of you, but that's fine. We all make it together because we're all good people. I'm I very think. gray. I'm not the beginning of anything, really. <laughs> that's real. That's real cute too. Real cute. I like that positive attitude. Real cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so Kevin, before we get into the, the show and all that, of course, the most important thing is what do you think about Shelly? What was your first impression of Shelly Martinez, who we all love? Oh my God. Where do I start? It's every time I, I see Shelly, it's a smile on my face. She's such a, got a great personality, fun gal. And you kind of alluded to it before. What an outstanding sport when she erroneously watched the wrong film for our podcast, you couldn't have asked for a better sport to play it off. It was hilarious. And everyone loved her for it. The fans adored the shit out of her. So I was very, I was very quick to bring her back because of her, her, her great, you know, fun, loving vibes and great spirit and, and whatnot. So it's uh, she's always, she's a gem and a special place in my heart. We'll be there always for you, my dear. Yay. There you go. What were you thinking? Like when, but first of all, for people who don't know, Gutting the Sacred Cow, uh, we talked about on the show before when we talked about Shelly's uh, wonderful appearance. Right. Podcast, basically, you have uh, talk about movies that are either 
culturally significant or, you know, uh, box office draws or, you know, cult classics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Great Putin movies that people love. You have someone on to destroy those movies. I thoroughly destroyed Taxi Driver and The Wizard of Oz when I came on the show. Shelly came on the show, and the first movie she was supposed to do was Dumb and Dumber. And what were you thinking as the show progressed? And it was clear that she was not talking about the movie that she was supposed to have watched. <laughs> this is like the best uh, accident that, that happened, I think, for her. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know about her life. That may be too bold of a statement. What was I thinking? I was thinking... Is she fucking with me? Is she fucking with us? <laughs> because she's watching, she's talking about the film, and it's she said something about, oh yeah, Jim Carrey's daughter in the first few minutes of Dumb and Dumber go, there's no daughter in Dumb and Dumber at all. The first few minutes are him in the limo while the credits are still going, you know, saying, nice accent, where are you from? Oh, New Jersey, okay. So it, it was clear that she watched the wrong one. And then when we called her on it, she just said, well, wait a minute. I was watching it while I was on the elliptical or exercising or whatever it was. And, and she said she had uh, she was medicating, I believe as well. And uh, she, uh, she rolled with it. There was nothing else to do, but to say, Hey, I fucked up. And, and we had a, we had a good time busting her balls about it. And again, she couldn't have been a better sport and fun with it. And all the other segments we do is in addition to when, and by the way, the guests pick the film. We don't pick the film. You Stoner Jesus, you Shelly Martinez, you both selected the films that you don't like that meet those criteria of either widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. You guys pick those films and uh, we don't ever tell the, the, the guests what to do. So it was a fun, fun little romp, as we like to say around these parts. And she was fantastic. And, and again, the fans ate that the fuck up. They loved her. They loved her being uh, uh, vulnerable. And again, she's just so effervescent and, uh, you know, and uh, a little easy on the eyes, too. Let's all let's all let's put it out there as well. <laughs> yes, I hear that all the time. All the comments are how hot Shelly is. None about how hot I am. But that's fine. I'm not well, you'd be, you're, you're hot, too. If, if someone set fire to you, Stoner Jesus, that's right. uh <laughs> my boobs up that will stay up yeah it's, <laughs> i love i love i love shelly's outfits it's almost like why bother wearing a top shelly they're just blowing out you might as well just say fuck the middle man and just let him hang out and rock out that's you know that's here's the thing i'm i cannot help that my body fills out certain outfits the way they do it's been a problem since high school because before problem. i got my problem it is before I got my boob job, I did have natural big boobs. And I remember in high school, we had like, you couldn't dress a certain way. Like if you show too much, you get in trouble. And I would be wearing the same tops as certain girls who weren't as bosomy. And I would be sent to the office and they wouldn't. And I would protest. I'd say, if I have to wear a PE shirt, so do they. They have the same shirt on as I do. So I can't help that I fill out outfits the way so you got a boob job and you said they were big as a kid what were you pre-boob job what are you post-boob job if you're comfortable talking about that if not next question um i was a natural d and now i'm a double d but the reason why i got it done was because they were like national geographic hanging low just like like sad cucumbers Yeah. yeah you know and being a young girl and it's like you know, it sucked. And so when I, like, I've had a lot of serious boyfriends, so you would think I would be okay with it after a while, but I never wanted like the light on, or I wanted a bra or some sort of top on always because they were just so, 
saggy. And then to make it worse, I dated a couple of douchebags and they would like talk crap to me, be like, okay, shit for tits and this and that. Like they would talk ugly to me like that. Oh. So it added to it. And so when I went in to get my consultation for my boob job, I was going to just get a lift. And they said that it was going to go from a D to a C. So I was like, let's just go double D then. So as a spirit. That's right. Yeah. Well, the major themes of this show is the discrimination against people with big boobs. Oh, no, no, no such thing over here, folks. No such thing over here. I am, I am pro, pro big boobs. That's, uh, that's the old, anyway, that's, that's the old go-to for Kevin Goatee, folks. That's just a little tip right there. So let's not, uh, let's not get it twisted as the kids say. That's right. What were you thinking, Shelly, uh, during the show? Like right around the moment that you realized you had watched the entirely wrong movie. You indeed watched Dumb and Dumber 2. You thought, thought you, just, you thought you just loved the movie, and that was going to be the whole story. This is her. This is this. This is her Zapruder film, reliving the death over and over and over. It's hilarious. <laughs> trying to grab the brain off the back of the car. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like you had mentioned, I thought my whole shtick of the whole episode was going to be like. I actually ended up liking the film because I did mention that I had never really seen it from beginning to end, so. The fact that I did, I was like, oh, well, that's the twist that I ended up liking the film. So when it, it <laughs> when it wasn't the right one in my head, I'm like, typical Shelly, man. Like, of <laughs> course, this happens to me. Like, of course. But, you know, I'm the type of person that if something's funny, it's funny. It's freaking funny that I messed up. So I just rolled with it. Like, I just went with mm -hmm. it. And I think that, like, I love comedy. And when comedy just naturally happens, especially because it's a mistake, that's, like, comedy at its best. So I was all about it. So I, I roll my eyes and make faces when I talk about that day only because, not because I, I think it was a like a bad situation, but it's just like, of course me out of all effing people, like, of course I watched the wrong effing movie <laughs> and I still haven't watched dumb and dumber from front to beginning. Oh, you didn't God. even want to go back and visit it after you fucked up and watched it. You didn't want to go check it out and say, all right, let me see what we got going on here. One day I might like, it was, you know, maybe <laughs> one day I'll do it. I don't know. It's I just... the movie you love so much. <laughs> Well, it makes sense too because, like, my favorite Back to the Future is Back to the Future Two. I my love Back to the Future Two. I am with you. I 100. I can argue one is a better film. I love two as much as I love one. But if I had to give my personal favorite, I like two better than one by the slightest. They're both fantastic. Well, I, what I like about two is you revisit one, but then mm -hmm. you get the like feelings, like everything that like, like if that was a true story, you find out like fat. And then the, what ifs, like as humans, we always think, what if this, what if that? And I've always been very intrigued by like, I guess you'd say, what is it called? The butterfly effect of like the different alternates of what could happen. So I like that. Terminator two is my favorite Terminator as well. Even though Terminator oh, one's really good. Without a doubt. Love to it's really is good one. Yeah. But it's like, so it makes sense. Dumb and Dumber too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, the show itself, Kevin, is, is an interesting idea for a show and unique. Um, where did the idea itself come from? 
It came from because I'm a movie snob and every other jerk off comic has a has a podcast and every other jerk off comic has a movie podcast and every other jerk off movie podcast is all the same. It's three dudes sitting around a table drinking beer going, you know, I think um, I think Star Wars is the best. Oh, OK, well, I think Empire is better. Oh, fuck you both. I think Jedi is better than both of them. And it's about <laughs> it's all a matter of who gives a shit. First of all, no one knows who you are. Probably you're not funny. And I said, I want to have something, but I all. There are podcasts out there where people do attack shitty films. That's been done. Mm. But I'm, I want to say, you know what? I want to have the people who have the balls to have an opinion that goes against the status quo on to see if, A, they can sway us in any way, shape, or form, or B, some of these films, they don't belong on these beloved, acclaimed, or successful lists. Shelly, would you believe someone came on here and tried to take down Back to the Future? When I saw the list of the ones you guys have already done, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe some of the ones that were on there. Like some of them, like I did love, but I could see how some people didn't like them. But some of them, I was like, whoa, wait mm -hmm. a second here. Yeah. So I just love the whole vibe and the whole purpose of your podcast because of that. Because you get to hear people's the reason why it's not just like if you go on like social media people will be like oh you have to hate back to the future whatever and it's like well why and so on your show you get to hear why people and then like one of my favorite films forever was wizard of oz so when i saw stoner <laughs> episode, i was like no come on but he made some really good points and yeah. now whenever i watch it I laugh because I hear his comments in my head. And I'm like, he's totally <laughs> right, man. He is totally, and it, even though I still love the film, I do look at it differently now. And I do just through a different lens, take in the story because of what he said. Perfect. And that's the goal. And that really is the goal is just to encourage different lines of thinking. Sometimes again, like you'd said, people come on, they make a few good points. By the way, Soder Jesus, you did not convince you did not convince us that taxi drivers suck. Let's be on the record and say taxi that. Taxi driver fucking sucks. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, bitch. Nope, nope. nope. Great. Your 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 argument did not did not gut the sacred oh, cow. Wizard oh. Wizard of Oz did, but not yeah. this one. Uh, <laughs> but again, sometimes we're like, all right, I see your points. We'll knock it down a point. Sometimes we're like, you know what? This movie never was good. I fucking hate it from jump. Sometimes we're saying, you know what, man, I love this as a kid or I love it when I saw it when I was younger. And oh boy, it's not holding up. Or fuck you, this film is brilliant and you're an asshole. And we we those are those are the four major outcomes we have. Actually, five with Shelly watching the wrong film. So those are the five outcomes that we have <laughs> on our show. So yeah, but it, it's always fun that when someone tries to belly up and go, like Don Jameson, I love him. Don's got balls. Don's first selection he chose, die hard. Second selection, The Matrix. Just happened to be two of uh, my favorite, not top, but The Matrix is my top 10. Die Hard's, everyone loves Die Hard. Die Hard's fucking great. He also did Leaving Las Vegas, and uh, he's sitting in as next week as co-host when Mike Price comes back to take down The Sandlot. So, but these guys, like, yeah, these films suck. Fuck you guys. You're all wrong. And sometimes we tell them, you know what? You're right. Sometimes you say, I'm not going to die in the hill. I see your points. Or, nah, you're an asshole. You're just wrong. Uh, I forget, Shelly. What was your second film? Your second episode? Uh, Tommy a Boy. Waste of my time. A waste Tommy of Boy. my time, Tommy Boy. Time in my life that I will never, ever get back. The best part was there wasn't a Tommy Boy 2 that she could accidentally watch instead. Right. 
Surprised you didn't watch Black Sheep. I was just gonna say Black Black Sheep might have been the other one. She might have been like, well, you know, that's fun. Yeah, but it, it, it's so it's fun. To it too. I was so open to the Tommy Boy. I was like, you know what? Because I know quite a few people who like they always say one liners from it. So I was like, okay, maybe it'll be good. Maybe I'm just being a bitch. Okay, and I didn't laugh one time. Not one time. It doesn't hold up. I saw it as a kid in high school in the theater. It's fine. I chuckled a few times now. It is not a classic. It is overrated. Uh, that is for sure. It's very overrated. I don't hate it, but I sure as hell am not watching it again ever in my life. You know, over the weekend, um, my sister Danielle, she had never seen Pretty in Pink. And Terrible I didn't, film. I didn't realize that, because I love the TV show Young Sheldon. I didn't realize that his Meemaw was in P pretty and pink that she's that actress mm -hmm. so i told danielle i was like oh my gosh you know who mima is and i was like let's watch it and i have seen this movie so many times but it's been years since i've revisited molly effing ringwald gets on my effing nerves to no effing end like <laughs> i i tweeted about this i go she always has her mouth open or bites her lip if you take a shot every time she bites her lip you'll be drunk 10 minutes into the movie and Andrew McCarthy can kiss my ass. Like I can't stand him with his psycho eyes. And so it reminded me of your podcast about how like you, the, one of the points you just brought up, how you can love something growing up and then it just doesn't hold up. And I was just like, Oh my God, her dress is so ugly, like so ugly in, ugh. She has a, what we call the perpetual Renee Zellweger who farted face where she's always like, <laughs> ooh. Yeah, I hate all of them. I hate the, the, the holy trinity of Molly Ringwald films, and we've all done them on the podcast. Uh, Lauren Conlon did 16 Candles. I hate that film. Uh, I forgot. Oh, Juliet Miranda did Pretty in Pink. Hate that film. And Jennifer Eckhart did Breakfast Club. Hate that film. Hate John Hughes. I love some of his films. I love Uncle Buck. I love planes, trains, and automobiles. I love Home Alone. He wrote um, Vacation, the first one, and the third one. But, man, those Molly McCarthy – Molly McCarthy. That's right. Yeah, I was about to say Melissa McCarthy. Those uh, Molly Ringwald, excuse me, films. I hate them all. Speaking of uh, classic films, when our first incarnation of the show, we watched did a watch-along of a film that Shelley had never seen before, Home Alone. And uh, uh -huh. thing went over quite well. We couldn't get Macaulay Culkin to come on the show. I guess he was busy doing something else. I don't know what he could possibly be doing. It was more important than that. He was getting a leg a leg lengthening surgery, I think. Right. <laughs> well, listen, you can stack him and Kieran Culkin on each other's shoulders, and I don't know if they're gonna be tall enough to meet to reach me, and I'm six foot two. Oh, is he sh is that short? Yeah. Put a trench coat on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They could they, they, them and Muggsy Bogues would have a great three on three. Those two and, and him would be fun. I don't think no. Shelly Muggsy Bogues reference. I was just gonna <laughs> say uh, he was a very short NBA player in the nineties. Oh, right. okay. He's like I five foot four. McCulkin was that. I mean, I didn't think he was tall by any means, but I didn't yeah. realize he was so tiny. Yeah, that's right. Uh, since I have you here, Kevin. Uh, Yes, You're sir. Something of a movie expert. Thank you. I've never talked to Shelly about this either. My favorite movie of all time. It's really, it's not on a lot of lists for people. And it's really not even the whole movie. It's the first half of the movie. 
Full Metal Jacket. There you go. I knew it. That, that, that and Fast Times at Bridgemont High. Those are two films that you people go, I love that film. I love that film. But that, that set, those second halves, they fall off a fucking cliff so fast, especially yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Once Private Pyle blows his brains out and kills Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, it, I tap out. I stop watching. It is a slog after that. The two Boku scene, okay, fine, funny. But after that, it is rough sledding. Have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket, Shelly? I haven't. Oh, my God. The first, the drill sergeant scene in the opening is, in my opinion, the greatest scene in movie history. That's Just, bold. It's, I, hey, I will die on that hill. I, won't I be like a, it. I was, like it. Is it the best? I don't think it's the best. It certainly is enjoyable. He chews up scenery. He's amazing in every scene he's in, but the best in history? Boy, I, I can't co-sign on that. But that's your opinion, man. Go ahead. If you enjoy right. it, fuck it. I'm glad you do. I used to know it. I probably still do. If I watch, I can probably mouth the words. To I, it. I, I know all the words too. And, and that's not, and that's an indictment on movie nerddom I have. So yeah. <laughs> if that doesn't get the ladies wet, I don't know what will, right? <laughs> that's right. Bring in the female demographics. Yeah. This isn't enough to bring a man. Add a little bit more, whatever it takes. So Kevin, Yes, sir. Uh, we do, as you can tell, I smoke a lot of weed. We talk about a little weed a lot on this. You don't show. say. Yes. My whole, in case you can't tell, my yeah. gimmick, my whole gimmick is weed, <laughs> from beginning to end. What has been your uh, your experience with cannabis in your lifetime? Very, 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 very little amount. I haven't smoked since college. It just didn't really do much for me. I was half tempted. I was just in Vegas. I go to Vegas every year, week one of the NFL with my buddies. I was just there. Uh, two weeks from Friday, two weeks from tomorrow, I, I got there. And I was I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I have a bunch of friends like, go get edibles. It'd be, it'd be a nice controlled buzz because that's all I want. Like, I, I drink all, we drink all fucking day. We wake up, breakfast, some, you know, sometimes because we're, we're East Coast guys, we get there, we get there early and we wake up early. You're like, fuck, let's just go to the gym, you know, do something positive before we start poisoning ourselves for 16 straight hours. So yeah, but other than that, I mean, after breakfast, we'll start playing cards and then, you know, slowly having a few kettle and sodas and then dinner, it's, you know, whiskey and bourbon, other shit. And then back to the lounges and shit. And it's more vodka, but I was very, I was very, very close saying, let's just go down the way to the med men right here on the strip and, uh, and getting some edibles. Cause I had a few buddies who were, who were masters in that stuff. And they're like, all right, this is what you do. This is what you ask for. This is what you're going to expect. You know? So I got, I don't want to, I don't want to take something and and just sit there and stare at my fucking thumbs for four hours and, and miss it a night. <laughs> I want something that's got a nice slow burn. I feel like a good, good solid buzz without the, the alcohol poisoning my insides. So you were, uh, did you, I mean, what? No, I didn't, I, I didn't get there. No, it was all booze. <laughs> <laughs> it was all, it was all booze. It was all just sitting up the, uh, the bars and such. No, I've got CBD gummy, uh, gum, uh, gummies just for sleeping purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I, I haven't taken them a while because now I, 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 a doctor gave me a sleeping pill I take now. So whenever I just do, I pop it and I just conk right out. It's this goddamn hypervigilancy, kids. My brain won't shut up when I want to try and go to bed. It just keeps talking and ideas and whatever. Blessing and curse. Who knows? Whatever. Absolutely. So, uh, on the comedy front, um, yes. Why, why get into comedy and what are you up to in comedy? Oh my God! How much time do we have? Why get in? Because I'm a suck. Because I'm a masochist. No, uh, because I, I'm in corporate America. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's when I got I, I went to school for film and TV. Let's back it up. I went to school for film and TV. I graduated. My dad was like, all right, cool. Now it's time to get a real job. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I want to be in film and TV. They go, like, oh, no, no, no. You need to get a real job and move out and all that be an adult shit. So the, the film thing was kind of pushed to the side. So I was in corporate America for years. And uh, in the year 2010, I was really kicking the idea around and going, man, there's way more to life than, than just corporate America nonsense. And I thought of like, you know what? People have told me all my life, hey, you're funny. You're fucking, you know, you got a lot of opinions, surprise, uh, but you're funny. One thing about doing stand up. So I said, all right, fine, let me do it. So I wrote down everything that I thought was funny and just memorized it for about two, three months, three months. And then I went to the Village Lantern in the West Village in Manhattan, March 10th, 2010, and did my first open mic. And there we go. So it's, it's, it's a way to see what's going on. It's, it's, it's truly a, a, a journey into madness. You see so many different types of people. I never knew how mental health really was off the charts until you meet comics. You're like, wow, people are really fucked up. And it's, it's, it's amazing. But um, I, lo I learned a lot of things along the way. I, I learned that, you know, the road, you know, working from city to city, club to club, not for me. I don't want to go driving across the country and stay in some little shitbox two-star motel where you know the seat the sheets are so so stiff from one night stands that they could you know <laughs> you could stand up in the corner. That's not that's not for me. What I found out was like hey, I've got a few TV show ideas. I I made one of them called Comics Watching Comics. It was on Amazon uh, video for eight seasons. And I have other ones, Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber, which is now back and in the metaverse. Comics Watching Comics also will be back in the metaverse very shortly. Um, and the podcasting stuff too. It's just, I had a, we did a few podcasts to start off. I did one called safe word with my friend, Monica Vita. It was just comics talking sex and nonsense, whatever. I didn't realize how much work was involved and we didn't do the work. So it never really took off. Plus she moved back to Denver. The second was called uh sports book box office podcast where you guessed it. It was about movies and sports. And again, no one gave a shit. We didn't put the work into it. And again, who cares? We're, we're nobodies. Jibber jab. I was on jibber jabber. Got uh, gutting the sacred cow. That's the one that took that took that took footing, because I put the work into it. it. We we it came out October before the pandemic, and when the pandemic hit, I mean, don't get me wrong, the pandemic sucked, but I got a lot of shit done for all the behind the scenes unsexy work that had to be done. So for a podcast that's now coming on, holy shit, it's gonna be three years next month. Um, we got all the the foundation laid very fast, much faster than most podcasts do that are out three years, I guess, if you were to compare to it because of the time of the pandemic to get all that shit done. And it's, it, it's, it's my, it's my favorite one because it's, it's insanely unique. People go, that's a brilliant idea. Like you guys have you guys and people like you come on and I meet all these different types of people who are, who are fun and, 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 and entertaining and, and unique as all shit. And it, it, it's taken, it's taken hold. So I also learned from comedy. Hey, I've rented a few people said, you know, you know what you should be doing voiceover. So I got into voiceover work. Um, I don't know about three years into comedy. I still do commercials here and there. Not, not as much as I want to. I'm not as well known. So it's a lot of those guys get the, there's like a circle of like 10 that get regular 20 or people get regular work, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. But I learned a lot of things. Like I learned that, Hey, this is cool comedy, but in the end game, it's not for me. The goal really is with, with, Gutting the Sacred Cow, I would love to be big enough where I could say, hey, Gutting the Sacred Cow, you know, Shell, you're in L.A. Guess what? We're coming to L.A. and we're coming to his major theater. We're coming to the El Capitan or we're coming to the Chinese theater. We're going to do a live show. 
we can either A, watch the movie there and then boom, do an episode immediately after that. Or B, just come, hey, we're going to watch this week. We're going to watch Dumb and Dumber 1. And <laughs> and then everyone's going to come in all hyped up and we're going to talk about it and have the episode right then and there. And then do stand-up, like right, kind of like have a whole show about it. So that's like the goal is to have my built-in audience be my stand-up audience too. So stand-up's taking a backseat right now. I'm trying to pitch these shows. I'm trying to get the podcast really humming and so on and so forth. So, But that's what I learned with comedy. Well, as you mentioned before, this is the end of it all. So <laughs> I hope you had a good run and got in everything you wanted to get into. Listen, if I'm going to crash and burn, it is going to be a girl with double D implants on camera. And there's, <laughs> nothing, there's no better way to go out with a blaze of glory like that. And uh, also a, a guy with a, a headband with weed on it. I mean, that is the way. If I'm going to be, bur- if, if, if I'm gonna be buried, if I'm going to be buried at Arlington Cemetery, that's how I want to go out with a 21 gun salute of you two. Indeed. Speaking of Dumb and Dumber, theoretically, is Dumb and Dumber still available to do on Gunning the Sacred Cow? No. Okay. No. Once once someone does a film, it's out. Unless I were to get like a major celebrity and says, and he chose a film that someone has already done and did a shitty job. So I would allow redo. Don't worry, Shelly. You're saved. You too, Sonner Jesus. You're, you guys are good enough. <laughs> But if someone came up with a, like a big enough, like I want to do someone who already did Star Wars, which they did. And a celebrity goes, I'm going to do Star Wars. I go, fucking have at it, buddy. You know, it's going to take mm. – I'd be very hard-pressed to say, no, you can't do it. But, yeah, 99.9% of the time, once it's done, it's done. Uh, there are a lot of people who ask for the same film without seeing the list. There are a lot of common threads uh, that they want to do. I shoot down a lot of films. People go, oh, I want to do this film. Like, example – People say, oh, I'll do the English patient. Like, no, one, no, no one gives a shit if you people take down the English patient. No one's going to get angry. The idea, yes, it has to meet those criteria. But I want when the goal is when the new episodes come out on Friday or Saturday, people are going to look at their iPhone or their, their, their desktop or their iPad and go, what the fuck? Someone hates the Sandlot? Yep. Here we go. Or someone hates Back to the Future or Die Hard or The Matrix or Gone with the Wind or scream or breakfast club any of those what get the fuck out of here so yeah that's uh that's what we go for is that kind of one guy just last night where he emailed me he already agreed to do casino royale the first daniel craig bond film which is fucking great good luck asshole then he emails me he goes well i want to ch- can i change it i'm like to what he goes teen wolf i go nope no one gives a shit if teen wolf gets to pieces <laughs> or not no one cares i enjoy teen wolf but we all know it's 80s cheese but no one's going to get pissed about it. People are going to get pissed about Casino Royale because that film is bonkers. See, that's what I mean is since Shelly didn't actually see Dumb and Dumber, did she actually do an episode on Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, that's very meta, and I appreciate it. But what she right. did was so <laughs> land, what she did was so landmark, I don't think I could, I could not do that. Everyone, every, and again, so I, I ask it out there, hey, who are your favorite guests? And God damn it, it's the, the, the five people – Shelly is always part of that group, always, because they loved her on that. Because Again, because she was so vulnerable <laughs> and funny about it. Uh, because that, That's why. So, no, Dumb and Dumber will not be recycled. <laughs> again, uh, I but I reserve the right to change my mind if, like, The Rock wants to come on and do it or something like that. Hey, there you go. That's a good segue to wrestling. We talk a lot about wrestling on this show. Shelly, yeah. of course, is a former pro wrestler. Of uh, course. your uh, relationship been with wrestling throughout your life, Kevin? Great question. As a kid in the 80s, I, uh, I watched a, a good amount of it. 
and stopped for whatever reason. Then in 97, 98, I was a junior in, in college and the raw attitude era grabbed me by the balls in, in a chokehold. The fucking raw era was golden. And I watched that for another, I don't know, four years or so after that. Right when I think Hogan came back, I was like, oh, no, but that raw era was the, the rock and Ric Flair are the best ever on the mic. There is no one you can tell me otherwise. Not even close. Not even close. The Rock and Ric Flair, 1A and 1B. Most charismatic as fuck. I haven't watched wrestling in so long. The wrestlers these days, it's like an old fart, are boring. They had the Raw 20-year anniversary recently. I go, oh, I got I DVR'd it. I got to watch this. Love seeing all the old shit. All the new people did not care. Even the most diehard wrestling fans I know now, they're like, yeah, we're just, you know, we've watched it since we were kids and we can't quit now. Well, I sure did, and I have no problem saying that. But, yeah, they're saying there's no one as charismatic. Maybe the athletics are there. Shelly, you have a better eye than anybody, of course. But I'm basing this solely on mic skills and captivative personas. None of these motherfuckers are grabbing me by the balls at all. So I've stopped watching wrestling a long time ago. You know, I did, too. Um, when I got fired... It was just hard for me to watch the product because I'd be triggered. Mm. And then moving on for a few years, I would only watch what was in front of me, like the shows I was in. Like when I was in TNA, of course, I'd see what was going on there. Um, then when I did the independent circa, I really enjoyed it because it was kind of like the vibe of what I became a fan. Because I like you, I was huge into the Attitude Era. Like that was like, that right. just captured me. Like I just loved it so much. But what's interesting is sometimes I'll be out and about and maybe like at a restaurant or a bar and they'll have wrestling on in the background. And it just seems so blah to me. And then it's interesting because a lot of fans, when I talk to them, they kind of say the same thing that you were saying about your friends. They crap on it, but they still watch it. I think it's because they're just in that like they want to be loyal maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But even the fans themselves that watch it, put money in these companies' pockets, seem to say the same thing. And then I feel like maybe younger generations, they have their favorites of who's around now. But I'm so unfamiliar with the products that, like, I don't even know. I'm like, okay, like, cool, whatever. Yeah, my nephews, they're like, oh, yeah, John Cena. I go, fuck John Cena. I don't get that at all. <laughs> And I go, and and their, and their dad, their dad is a huge, huge. He still watches it. I go, I go, Brian, are you not, are you not showing them like the '80s and '90s shit? He's like, that's next on my list. Next time I saw them, they're like, The Rock was so awesome. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I go, see, Ric Flair. Woo, you know, shit. Actually, look at this right here. See my shirt. <laughs> How timely, Wu Tang with the Ric Flair going, woo. Uh, yeah, no, that's, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I. I don't care. I don't. So have you watched it now since Triple H took over creative or you're still just like, I'm done. I just don't care now. Like I'm not triggered right. by seeing it anymore, but it's just like so long has gone by and there's so many newer people I'm unfamiliar with that I don't care to invest in learning about these characters or spending my time. I rather watch reruns of the office and Seinfeld. <laughs> hey, Hey, I've never watched one episode of The Office. How about that? Oh, wow. I've seen it a million times. And I but still, even the ones that get on my nerves. But it's so funny you say that because right now you're going to laugh. I don't give a shit. 
Oh, it fell, it fell down. I still get Netflix DVDs because their library is much better than the wow. streaming. It ain't even close. It ain't even close. All the old shit on there, you can't get all the, and you get the new shit. Like if it comes like on DVD, I, I could just bump it up right now. Boom. Sitting next to me, I guess it fell on the ground. I have the office season one, disc one right here. So I was like, all right. Everyone says, you got to watch it. All right. As wow. soon as I'm done watching the new season of Cobra Kai, I will watch The Office. <laughs> I had no idea they still send DVDs. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. They do because, you know, people up in like fucking Alaska, they don't have Wi-Fi. So it's like, all right. Mm -hmm. But again, I I am like a 75-year-old. Like, did the DVDs come, DVDs come in the mail yet? <laughs> yeah, no. Their, their library is so much better. Again, you can't get all this shit on, on the streaming. And streaming, like, you, you type in like, right, I'm going to watch five movies. Two of them may, may be on when you search for it. DVDs, nope, never a problem. Nice. All right. So uh the um <clears throat> see I forgot what I was gonna say. I did this happen last week. Wrestling because you're smoking too much goddamn weed, SJ. Well, Don't was, blame it on the cannabis. For 20 <laughs> years, my memory was perfect with weed. And now, since all this went to shit, I go, I look at videos from three or four years ago on my show, all this was brown and nice, and like you know, now it's all fucking Santa Claus white. All this down here, it's all going downhill. And I like to blame it on Shelly, but I can't because it started before Shelly. So I can blame it on other things. Age, not taking care of myself, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I do want to mention a uh, shout out to Vince Russo, who's the owner of Channel Attitude, the founder of Channel Attitude. He was uh, the head writer for the Attitude Era for a couple of years back in yep. the late 90s, which uh, I was the same as you in the 80s with Hulk Hogan and all that shit. I loved that because I was a kid. And I kind of got away from it because it was... It just basically sucked. <laughs> I was true. It's like all fucking cartoon characters and shit. But then when you know WCW, the rise of WCW and the Monday Night Wars and all that shit, I had one TV stacked on another, and I had VCRs going. I would record one and you know watch it later and just watch wrestling all night. And that even the ratings show. I mean, back then, eight, ten million people an episode. Now you're looking at one, one and a half million, two million maybe if on, on good nights. And uh, it's just never going to be what it was and that kind of sucks um but it is what it is we have been talking about the uh the cm punk thing because shelly did come up with cm punk she does have an inexplicable hatred of the young bucks who were also involved in the cm punk story and uh so that's a saga that's got a lot of people looking back at wrestling but uh yeah the product itself is just not it's never going to be no what it once was and that's 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 a shame do you know the the one thing that always brings a smile on uh, on a lady's face is if you walk in a room and you play the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song while ripping your clothes off and then jumping in the bed with her? That always puts a smile on a face because you know business is about to pick up, King. Ah, see, Shelly, if Metal Jesus, like he like you heard the broken glass and he rushed into the bedroom, what, would you be like, yeah, hell yeah? <laughs> You know what? What would happen is I would get into character and I would start. See, I'd be the opposite. I'd be like, I'd be imitating him so that it wouldn't be sexy at all. Would you have a bald cap? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then when, and then when you're done, you take two beers, smash them together, and then pour them in your face as like a, you know, explosion. Exactly. Cute, right? But the thing <laughs> is, um, I love Stone Cold back in the day. Like there was a match that he had with Booker T in a supermarket. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah. That was like so hilarious. And I just, I love Stone Cold so much. And I loved when 
he had like a like a rivalry against with the rock because they're both so freaking good my favorite like, time that it's it's so, like you guys had mentioned it's just it sucks that it will never be and like even if fans nowadays go and look back at it they still aren't going to get the the electricity from it from when it was new and it's like seeing things you've never seen before and i feel like in the 80s it kind of had that but it went to like just a different level and during the 90s like it just went somewhere else and ah it's just yeah. you can't explain you can watch it but you sure can't explain the joy of stone cold steve austin dressed in a doctor scrub gear and vince mcmahon in a hospital bed and then stone cold beating the piss out of vince in the hospital if you didn't laugh your ass off or when rock was up on the rudy poo bridge it's on the corner of the people's <laughs> champ boulevard and candy ass lane and then he slapped they fight him on the bridge and they throw him off they throw the belt over the side if you are goofing with tears streaming down your face god damn it you are not alive Ah, oh, so good right so freaking good and it kind of sucks because I feel what I've seen happen from being behind the scenes and talent is like in general, wrestling is very ego driven anyways, like whatever it's entertainment, but I just feel like the entitlement and the not putting the time and effort and realizing why certain things worked is what wrestlers problems is. They just wanted to be, on TV and as famous as The Rock, but they don't realize how much The Rock had to put into becoming The Rock or Stone Cold being Stone Cold or Ric Flair being like, they had to put the work in to evolve to that. And I feel like I just watched a bunch of wannabes, even some of them that are super famous now, not wanting to put the work in and they just wanted to be the new Rock or the new Stone Cold or the new Ric Flair. And it's like, bitch, you don't just become that overnight. That's like, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of putting the work in. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, another thing we talked about last week, switching back to movies, because Shelly is a huge Munsters fan of the Munsters show. We watched the trailer for the new Munsters movie. Uh, do you have any thoughts, Kevin, on uh, the upcoming brilliance from Rob Zombie? Yes, I do. I will be giving zero fucks nor thoughts about the new Munster film. <laughs> Not a, not on my not not on my radar. It was on Channel Eleven as a kid. Channel Eleven is the New York, the New York Superstation where they had all the old like honeymooners and shit during you know Saturday at two in the afternoon uh, or during a Yankees rain out. I, I never grabbed me. I didn't care. I, I've seen the re, the Adams Family stuff on the old Family Channel when the movie came out. Didn't care for that either. So um, don't care. The first two Rob Zombie films are are, are good. The Devil's Rejects and House of the Thousand Corpses. His Halloween remakes not so good, uh, but I could care less about this uh, this Munsters this Munsters reboot. This whole year for film has been pretty shitty, I will say. But this yeah. uh, this is not on my radar. Shelly, I'm sure you have a very different opinion than than I do. I love the Munsters, but I hate and have no faith in <laughs> Rob Zombie's interpretation of it. And what I talked about last week was when I first heard about that he was going to do it. I had some sort of hope because I know that he is a diehard fan of the original series. So it's not like somebody just coming in and they're like, Oh, okay. You want us to do the monsters. Okay. We'll do the monsters. It was somebody who knows the product knows the characters deep in it. But 
uh, the trailer says it all. I'm still going to watch it. I'm going to try to be positive about it, but I don't, I don't think it's going to work out for me. Mm. <laughs> Good news. It won't cost you anything. So enjoy. <laughs> Just tell yourself we need a review. We need a review for the show. It's very important and push through no matter how bad it gets. Bad it gets. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if I can make it through Tommy Boy, I can make it through any film. So <laughs> there you go. So uh, Kevin, what's uh, what's the future look like for Kevin Goatee? Uh, like I said, the gutting the sacred cows is is shaping up nicely. I'm again, I'm trying to get the. I will. I have fantasy football jibber jabber. My NFL fantasy football advice. I do with two other famous funny comics, Nick Whitmer and Matt Lejeski, where we give fantasy football advice as well as NFL betting advice is in the metaverse. It's in the joke community room. Comics, watching comics will come back. And I'm trying to pitch a movie theme game show. I've got one of our guests is a uh, is a showrunner, and I'm trying to see if, if he can make something happen. So I'm really trying to get these shows out here and, and get a pitch. I think I, I know I'm a good host. I'd be a fantastic host for a, a movie theme game show. And uh, the other shows that have already been established, yeah, I hosted those. So why the hell can I pick that right back up on uh, – and carry that puppy across the finish line. So yeah, I love that's what I want to do is, is host these shows and uh and so on and so forth. Oh yeah. Just uh leave the fact that you did this show off your resume and you should be fine. Let I couldn't do that to you too. I just would not put it on my LinkedIn profile. How about we do that instead? That's right. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Shell, you have anything else uh before we let the the movie expert himself, Kevin Gotigo? Well, um, just positive vibes to all of your um, projects and everything like that. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, your show is you're getting the sacred cow. I just, I freaking love it. I got to watch Aww. more episodes just because like I said, I love that you get to hear other people's perspective because I know some people don't like it and they are so hard headed, but I'm a type of person, like I enjoy hearing other people's thoughts and opinions. And especially if they're not something that, I vibe with or think because I don't know. I think that's something, especially in this day and age, that's kind of like a lost thing is people are just so like, if my opinion's right, what I think is right. And that's just it. And that's why you have all. And these that's movies. the bottom line. Cause stone cold said so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's how you, that's how you punctuate. That, exactly. goddamn point. That's like how social media is. And it's made it not fun for me that people are just so not open-minded and it's like you don't have to agree but just like hear somebody out and i think that's why i enjoy the gutting the secret cow so much is you can just um i i get that fix that like take away from it so i just hope that gutting the secret cow just comes super successful and people get their heads out of their asses and realize it's okay to have an opinion that doesn't agree with everyone else's opinion or whatever yeah and, and we make okay. it funny too. We make it funny. That's that's the most important thing is it's funny. It's not just someone railing on it. We have segments in there. We have the five fun facts. We have the Amazon five star and Amazon one star reviews. All that stuff. Their segments are great, but it's it's funny. I, I we go I go out of my way to write jokes for every single episode to really make it fun, as opposed to just not not just shitting on the art of shitting movies. That's not where we all love films. Their goal is your the guest goal is to convince us, not the other way around. Sometimes right. we agree, sometimes we don't. And last but not least, when I was on the first time, mm -hmm. 
you had on the other Kevin was your co-host. Yes. And when he, you guys you guys were joking about like I guess an ongoing joke how he didn't like feet. Yes. That's what helped me realize that was when I took I thought that it was a sign from life that I needed to retire my feet modeling days. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he has a, he has a major aversion to feet. I'm no fan of feet. I don't get that. You show me a great face. You show me a great set of boobs. Show me a great ass. I am hook line and sinker feet. No, thank you. Disgusting. Keep them away. But he has a visceral disgust toward feet. So we're glad that, you know, Listen, save the goods for the OnlyFans, not the feet. Show them the real stuff. Not 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 <laughs> not not the not the not the not the little piggies and all that going to the market and shit. But thank you. I feel like it saved me from the dark path that I was going down. Although you can make a fuckload of money from what I've heard showing off those feet. So uh tomato tomato. A, the thing is though, I realized because up until I did your show. I was not really making much money off of it. And the reason why is because the feet people are super cheap. They're cheap asses, like so cheap. And I've tweeted about it and people from the foot community, I guess, they've even said, I hate to admit it, but yeah, it's true. We'll try to get it for free. So they're cheap asses. And I didn't realize until shortly before I was on your guys' show that one of the main ways you make good money off of being a foot model, because here I was putting all kinds of thought into these shoots. I was like, okay, that looks pretty. They don't want it to look pretty. And they want me to like talk down to them and like just be verbally bu abusive to them. And I wasn't I down for that. And so that's when I was like, Oh, like I created this whole website, Shelly's Foot Club, and I thought it was going to be something else, especially because I love shoes. So I thought, okay, like it'll give me a chance to buy more shoes and have a reason for it and make it rope, like I said, pretty. But that just was not what it is. They want it to look amateur hour. They want it to be gross and oh. talk down to. And I just wasn't. And it kind of like. I hate to admit it, but depressed me because I put so much energy into thinking it was an easy way to make some side money. And so I was really struggling with it. So that's why I'm saying when I went on your guys' show, that was like when I was like, should I just not do this anymore? Maybe I should just keep focusing on my like lingerie content. And then when it happened, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm closing the site down. F these guys, these cheap bastards, whatever. And that's when I retired from being a foot model. Yeah, that's you're, you're you're just describing a side of 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 I don't know pleasure that I just don't tap into at all. I'm not a foot guy. I certainly won't be talked down to. That's for goddamn sure. But if you are, that's cool. Not my cup of tea. And feet. I mean, shit. You ever see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where Margot Robbie goes in the theater and takes her fucking shoes off and she's dirty ass feet? Margot Robbie is a goddamn Vegas ten. But for one fleeting moment, I go, that's disgusting, Margo. <laughs> but we all but we all knew why she did, because Quentin Tarantino is a foot perv, and that's fine. He's into that, whatever. But not my cup of tea. That's but that's yeah, okay. Call me old fashioned. Call me a naysayer. <laughs> Call me an old fuddy duddy, but that's uh that's not my avenue, kids. Enjoy if it is yours. And that's not mine as being a model or content creator either. I I don't know. There's a whole King of the Hill episode where Peggy is uh, an intentional foot fetish model. And when I saw that, too, I was like, see, dude, that's how it is. And I'm just not down. And I feel very I don't 
I just, I, it's not in me to be like, especially like we talked about at the beginning, I've had people talk down to me about my physical appearance, like with my boobs and things I couldn't, I mean, I was born that way. What the hell? What do you want from me? And you so, were like, born with, you were born with droopy D cups. Droopy D cups. I was born with them. You know, I, my body grew into them, but you know, and um, it's just, I don't relate. And I guess to each their own, but I just don't relate as being a content creator to sit there and be like, worship my dirty feet. You yeah, sick no. son of a bitch. Like <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> Jamming a dirty sock in their mouth. Ugh, I'd throw up. Throw it across, but again, not my style. Go ahead if it is yours, have fun with that. Yeah, so, uh, so you can add reformed foot model to your resume, maybe fit <laughs> on, in your bio. I don't know on your LinkedIn page. That's right, I'm good. I still get requests too, and I'm like, no, you guys are cheap. And then uh, it's just, oh, I can't, it's a big <laughs> headache. It's, it yeah. haunts me. Yeah, be like the Japanese and sell your used panties like an adult does, but don't do the foot shit. <laughs> right you can sell pretty much anything i've seen people sell their spit i've seen people sell their farts yeah i mean i could i could jar a few up and sell those puppies anytime you want to i just had some indian tonight it's gonna get right yeah. in your past <laughs> i knew i a fart jar girl she was on um <laughs> yeah she was, she was on in national news she made the news like a few months ago um she was on that same show that big ed was on with um the 90 day fiance she was on there she's my uh, like internet friend for years and years and years and i was just like she even did a thing where she was like i had to stop doing them because it was like messing up her health doing all those farts I and mean, taking all the things that she needed to to put those farts in a jar i don't get it dude like I, to each their own but i couldn't imagine first of all this is just me no judgment I don't think I feel very good about myself if I sat here with 12 mason jars or whatever. I'm like, okay, it's time to make some money. Like, I don't know. That's just a little too personal and weird. Like, I, don't, I think it would depress me. Again, that's just me. No judgment. And then to think of some dude opening it up. <laughs> like... Yeah, listen, you can come to my house and then you can, you know, I can fart in the couch and they can jump on the couch while you sit on the couch and the smell come back for a little low price of $25. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, that's, uh, listen, I could sell that. Uh, I won't sell other things, but um, actually, I don't know. I have to do, I have to do a little risk assessment. See if I'll sell my picture of my feet. I don't care about that. You want, to jerk, you want to jerk off or dill to my feet? Go right ahead, but not my. Uh, you'll never, you'll, you'll never find a credit card receipt saying uh, "pay to the order of foot fetish sixty nine at Gmail" or whatever. No, no, or fart jar girl for that matter. Yeah. As always, I will re we'll reiterate. Uh, I'll do any of that. Slide, slide my DMs. I'll fart in a jar. I don't care. I'll spit. I'll, I'll fill up a whole fucking mason jar full of spit. Just for you, just pay me money. I don't care. What's that jar going to smell like besides weed, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and gray whiskers? That's right. $49.99. Minimum. And, and shipping and handling. Don't forget that. Don't ever operate at a loss. No, you know, I'm not. I'm not, taking <laughs> I'm not taking that hit. Oh, Kevin, thank yes, you sir. for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I always love hanging out with you two. You know that. Ask any time and I'll be there for you guys. You guys are awesome. 
Thank yeah. you so much. And thanks very much for being guests on the podcast. Everyone, again, everyone loves you both and, uh, and hangs out. If you didn't know, if they didn't love you, you wouldn't be asked back. So that's how, you know, you're appreciated. There you go. But uh, yeah, so just I'll do a 30 second shout out. Come over and over to Gutting the Sacred Cow. We're on all your podcast platforms of choice. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever. Any podcast platform. And of course on YouTube. And when you do get hooked on this podcast, I promise you, leave us that five-star rating, two or three sentence review. If you want to advertise with us or just drop a line to say, hello, I'd like to buy a mason jar of your farts. Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com is where you can find that too. Kevingoatee.com for the dates. But yeah, gutting the sacred cow. Give us a listen, subscribe wherever you are, and tell a friend. I guarantee if you're if I have to pick people go, what are your five favorite episodes? Shelly, Dumb and Dumber always makes that list of the people <laughs> for different reasons, of course. But give it give her a listen. If anything, give her a listen, then give Stoner Jesus episodes. He did as he said, Taxi Driver and Wizard of Oz. Shelly did also. Tommy boy, you're going to love them. I guarantee it's an hour a week and it's, 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 it's funny. If it's not funny, then tell me I'm wrong and why. And then buy a Mason jar of my farts to make me feel better. There you go. <laughs> Kevin. Thank you. Shelly. Thank you as well for another awesome week. And uh, Shelly, I will see you next week. All righty. See you guys later. Bye. Take care guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>